This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Charles on from Group One, and our topic today is engaging employees during transformational change. It's a wonderful topic. Can't wait to uh, to to learn from Charles and to talk with Charles about this. So, Charles, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and Group One? Absolutely. So, uh, thank you, William, for the opportunity. So, sure. I'm Charles Alimo. I am. Um, boy, I've been in HR for about 32 years. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit that. Uh, it's been a long time um, in a lot of different capacities from uh, public to private firms. And um, recently authored a book on the topic, HR Leadership During Bankruptcy and Organizational Change. And uh, I rejoined Group One uh, back in September of 2019 um, as their managing director of human resources. So just a fun fact, I I worked with Group One. We are a uh, options trading firm. Uh, and uh, I had joined Group One uh, and worked for them back in 2000 or 2004. Um, my last firm went through a private equity buyout. I decided it was time for me to, to move on. And my, my former boss called me up. She was retiring and said, would you want to come back? So interviewed and I'm back now for three years. (laughs) Wow. Well, that's fantastic. Let's, let's start with the book because I'm always fascinated, uh, you know, from, you know, why did you, why did you. First of all, why did you do it? And then, and tell us a little bit about the process. So I find writing very cathartic. Um, and uh, whenever I go through a, a pretty big change, uh, I always put my thoughts down on paper. And, and so this was something I'll kind of um, step back a little bit. So in 2018, I started taking notes uh, because my firm at the time was going through a Chapter 11, uh, which was a new process for me, right? I had been through acquisitions. I had been through so much, so many changes in terms of small organizational changes and, and what we're talking about today, transformational changes. And um, I took those notes and I had the summer of 2019 off uh, after I left uh, Aceto, my last company. And it's funny, in retrospect, I thought that was going to be the only summer I was going to be home. So let me enjoy it. And, and <laughs> as it turns out, the last two summers were at home, too, but but pandemic related <laughs> um, and just took my notes, uh, started writing about the process, because for me, one of the things, and I, th- I think the driving force behind why I wrote it is there wasn't any resource out there for HR professionals um, going through an organizational bankruptcy. And uh, so I often relied on outside consultants. Um, I did a lot of research myself. 
So I took that all of those notes and I said, you know what, if I can help one other HR or leadership person, I'm going to do it. So it was meant to be, it's not a, a, a thick book. Uh, it's really meant um, kind of like we're having a discussion over coffee, <laughs> you know, um, talking about some of the steps that we went through, some things to be mindful of. Um, it, it, there's chapters on leadership and communication, but there's also um, a chapter on being very mindful of yourself because as you're going through the process, and especially being in human resources, what I find we're so caring about other people that we sometimes forget that we too, uh, you know, need to vent and need that outlet. Uh, so that's why I wrote the book. And it was about a one and a half, two year process and uh, found a publisher that would take it on. So I'm really happy I I, I, I accomplished that. Well, I, it sounds like a fascinating book. Um, I want to get your take on uh, kind of how people consume change. Because I've had, for whatever reason, I've had this in my head for years that people consume change. Like everyone hates change or, you know, right. um, but people consume it different. And, and there are people, and, and again, this is just my thought, so tear it apart, um, that, that certain people are just hardwired to consume change better than others. Is that, do you, <laughs> first of all, again, crush that if, it, if, if, I'm, <laughs> if, I'm, off, if I'm way off because you're uh, the expert. No, well, I, I will have, I would have to agree with you, right? And um, so, so a few things that kind of lead me to that. Um, again, having, having been in organizations for 32 years and a lot of those organizations um, going through um, pretty sizable changes, uh, the one thing I will, I'll take a step back. I'll kind of describe my own experience. Believe it or not, I'm a sentimentalist at heart. I don't like change. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, if I could keep all the good stuff going forever, you know, that's how I would love to, to live. But funny enough, I always wind up in these roles that have required me to take, uh, you know, uh, ownership and drive much of these changes along with, with, with our management team. So, for me, I'll kind of I'll kind of talk about my my own personal experience towards change and and then how other people consume it. So for me, I think flexibility is key. Um, so I my mindset is very flexible. I'm very open. I think that's what helps me get over the hurdle. Uh, you know, once there is a change, it's also a lot of communication and asking questions for me to get comfortable, right? Because if I'm not comfortable with what I have to go out and then communicate, uh, it's just gonna it's just gonna mess things up. Um, so I always like to get ahead of it, and luckily enough, I'm very open minded. Um, but you're exactly right, and 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 so when I've gone through whether it be taking on another company or we're going through a, a layoff or anything that that really does um, um, cause change in an organization, people adapt to that very differently. And so while there are all these models out there for, um, you know, leading change and change curves, I think what is so super critical 
and something that I've tried to emulate throughout all of my uh, my roles is understanding the culture of the organization. Um, luckily, I've worked in smaller companies where I've always had a really good handle on people and personalities. So I am always able to kind of think ahead about who might or or which people might take this change very lightly, which others it's going to impact more meaningful and tailor my message, uh, you know, according to those groups. Um, so one of the things I think that really helps is when the organization is really transparent and very open and critically important. And I talk a, a little bit about this in the book as well as just management being very open open door policy being available uh, to chat with employees when there are questions and, and, and being straight with people, right? So I think all those things combined help mitigate some of the, uh, how people digest the change, but it's a work in progress, right? Um, and things that you think like, oh, we're, we're, we're just changing a benefits or we're, we're just uh, changing the way that, you know, our performance management process, these change can, can be catastrophic for some people. Um, so it's just understanding your staff, uh, understanding the, the team and being prepared to, you know, do a lot of handholding. So I wrote down, oddly enough, I wrote down communication and transparency, and you you had mentioned flexibility earlier. And, and I was going to ask you what are the what are the roles of these things in in change and doing and and, and basically managing, uh, shepherding employees through this process. Um, what are what are the pillars? I mean, if we if we were building a kind of a a house of, of uh, what what would be our our foundation. Uh, that we would lay down uh, for folks, and especially as it relates to engaging employees during during transformational change. So I think the first pillar is definitely coming up with a communication plan, right? And that's a multifaceted plan. Um, it's it's the individual communication, but more importantly, um, it, it's holding town halls, it's um, emails, um, following up when you say that you're going to follow up, um, uh, making sure that, again, you know, employees know that you're visible and accessible. So communication um, is definitely key. The, the other pillar is leadership. I, I've, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, I've worked at a lot of different firms where, and and I think everyone can kind of relate to this, where you've had great leaders and you've had, you, you've had leaders that, uh, well, let me take a step back. There's no such thing as a bad leader. I think every experience you learn from, that's kind of my mantra. And you take bits and pieces of what some of the best leaders have done and, and, and you recognize where some leaders have fallen short and you make sure that you avoid those, you know, going forward. And so I'll use an example, like when we were going through the, uh, the bankruptcy at my last firm, you know, there was such a huge amount of work to be done behind the scenes that, that at the time when the firm and the employees needed leadership and visibility, um, it was very easy to, 
you know, to close the door and like, oh, I have eight spreadsheets that I have to work out for, you know, um, for due diligence. Um, and what's really critical is making sure that leaders understand that there's a balance um, and getting out again, being visible, um, not behind your desk uh, or, or tied up in in spreadsheets and conference calls when, uh, you know, when, when the time really requires um, that visibility. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, that's another pillar. I think the third pillar is education. Mm. Um, and I say education because um, a lot of times, and, and, and what I'm cognizant of, and, and, and I'm sure others in, in the field is, you don't want to make a change and dictate, hey, this is how it's going to be. We're, we're changing this as of September 1st. Um, we're, we're changing our performance management system and we're going to be, you know, uh, it's going to be impacting compensation and the like. Um, I, I, I had that at, at one of my former uh, roles. And what is so incredibly helpful is when you ex you take the time to explain to people and often that starts with with your leadership right again getting the buy-in is that we're not doing this in a vacuum we're doing this because of you know we've benchmarked against what the market is doing we want to remain competitive sometimes it's a sustainability issue um so all those factors combine um it's just making sure that our our mat our our, our leadership as well as our employees are knowledgeable and understand why we're doing it that it's not change for the sake of change but that there are real there's really thought put into each decision that we make and 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 so the education i would i would kind of say is a third pillar so I would kind of I, I would kind of stop there with the three because each one of them have so many different subsets. Um, you know, with communication, you spoke about you know it's a transparency, uh, how often you want to communicate. But those are the three big ones for myself. So I love the three legged stool. Is there <laughs> is there is there one of those that's more important than the other? Like, would you start with one? Uh, or is it a is it a is it a war on three fronts? Like, you know, I I get the pillars first of all. We'll stick yeah. with the metaphor of the the three legged stool. So I get the legs, got it. But is there one that's more important than the other, or is there one that you start with that leads to another, etc.? In my opinion, I think I think leadership is probably the one that I would place first mm -hmm. uh, because from that. Um, and 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 I don't know if you want a four-legged stool, uh, and I think something that kind of emanates from leadership is the vision, right? Um, and and so so often, uh, you know, the leadership is sitting down and outlining what the plan is, right? Um, what what does change look like uh, when we've achieved it? What does the organization look like, right? So having the ability to sit down and strategically go through uh, whatever change may be in front of you, right? Um, and, and plan that process out because then from those steps, you can, you can then go back and build your communication strategy. 
um, and then go back and 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 use that education piece um, to uh, to kind of you know again explain to people why we made the changes that that we did. So leadership to me is is really vital, um, and and that is something that you know without that clear and and decisive. Um, leadership, everything else, you can have the best communication strategy, but if if your leaders are not embracing it or they're kind of absent or or not visible, it whatever change you're going through is going to suffer. I, lo- I love this because uh, I absolutely were simpatico on everything. One of the things I got I got two questions left. One is we're talking a lot on because the topic is transformational change. But typically, if not always, change is always happening. Maybe not transformational change, like you mentioned, rifts and and acquisitions and things like that. Those big moments, uh, inflection points, if you will. But there's always change. Like change is constant. Right. Um, so, so what's your what's your take on just kind of uh, is it any different f- with maybe not the transformational change, but just uh, maybe the smaller changes that are happening how do we help the navigate or help employees navigate the, those changes yeah it, so there definitely is a difference right um it, but it what's interesting again and going back to um uh, some of your earlier questions you know everyone handles uh what you think might be really small some people right, might right. just might just like it might just set them off right um so so when it comes to some of the smaller changes and and look i mean i i, I think as an example that could be um you know we're moving uh you know i'll just throw some out that i've had experience with in the past you know we're changing benefit carriers or uh you know we're moving to a different location well that well, that could be a big change but where we're changing up our our performance management process we're going to a new platform i often you know that's where we could get a little bit more um personal uh personal i i, I would guess you know so it's not necessarily yeah there's the communication to the broader employee base as to to what we're doing i think the premises are still the same um that you're you know you're you're explaining uh what the change is um you're explaining why we're doing it right but you don't necessarily need every level of management to be involved. And, and very often I know in, in let's so let's say in my area, uh, I'm the one that's kind of leading the changes when it's more benefits or performance management related, you know, like little things like that. Um, that's where we can get a, a lot more, you know, I talked about handholding um, and, and, and in a big organization, it's not always practical <laughs> um but but that's where um like our team can be a lot more visible and walk people through and very often you know we're like we're doing um maybe smaller uh smaller breakout meetings or trainings just to get people comfortable if we're moving let's say to a new platform or uh, if we're changing benefits, I keep using those examples because before you know it, open enrollment is going to be upon us. But, mm-hmm. you know, inviting our brokers in to explain the changes that are going on. So I, I think what's really critical and maybe similar in both 
transformational or re- or or smaller organizational change is is just making sure people have an outlet right um making sure that they're heard making sure that that people are available to um answer their questions address their concerns so i don't think that changes but the level of involvement definitely changes. So I'm not necessarily going to ask my CEO, like, hey, we're having an issue with with the new benefits. Can you come in and sit in the meeting? Those are often things that I can handle myself. So hopefully that answers the question. Oh, 100%. (laughs) You know, I've I've said this for years because I uh, spent uh, a period of my life doing user adoption of uh, HR uh, and recruitment technology. So I'd go and consult with vendors and also with practitioners. And uh, that you mentioned it very early on the call about just changing out systems and you just, just kind of hit it again. And it was a talking point for me. It was a talk track for me. It was like, listen, uh, Jim or Sally, whatever, is really comfortable. They're both competent and confident with the payroll system that you have right now. Now, for whatever reason, you're moving to a new payroll system that person now has lost their confidence and their competence. Now they'll gain it, but, but it's, they're shook to their core, especially if they've done, if they've used a system for a long time, right. you know, if they like say ADP, if they've been on ADP for 20 years and all of a sudden you move them to Ceridian, fantastic, great, good, whatever. It doesn't matter. And, and that, and again, it's, there's a business reason. There's a business case for it. All of, all of those things. But again, getting back to that person, that even knowing—I mean, first of all, if you don't communicate, I mean, that's you're, you're just—you're you're, almost—you're—you're you're almost asking for trouble by by right. not communicating, being transparent, and doing those types of things. But also understanding, having a level of empathy um, that that says, you know, I, I know that you've been working in this system for a long time. I get that you probably think it's like a, a second skin. I, I get it. We're going to make sure that you're just as competent and just as confident with the new system. It might take us a little while, but you will get there. We're going to make sure you get there. Uh, you know what? Absolutely. Right. And I, as you were talking, I'm thinking, you know, look at what we've all been through over the last two and a half years. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. oh, you yeah. know, we I think we were using like WebEx and then we moved to Zoom. And and think about even though we're we're we're. We have a, a lot of our employees are just highly technical and, and very adaptable to new technologies. But think about um, all the individuals, even with that with that adaptability, having to now how do I how do I invite like all these people to a Zoom meeting? Um, and and you know you kind of laugh in retrospect that when we all started using the platform, it was all new for us. It was like oh how do I create a waiting room? How do I do this? And and then if my dog barked, it, I was mortified, right? And now it's like, ah, you know, it's, it, everything is like second nature, and that's and and that's so important, right? Because there will come a time where, you know, you're going you're going to be just as comfortable with this new technology as you were with the old. Um, it's just giving yourself the time. And look, I'm I'm one of those people. I'm extremely hard on myself. Um, and I want to know everything like yesterday. Um, but again, it goes back to understanding your team and, and you know, how people are adapting and, and when you need to step in and give that, that, that empathy and that reassurance. So critical. 
John, the last question, it's, uh, it's really just kind of a curiosity is, uh, have you noticed employee expectations changing or, or uh, especially as it relates to change? Uh, is there something either related to COVID or otherwise? Like what, if we were, if we were, tar- if we were doing a focus group of Gen Z or millennials or whatever, like, is there anything that's you know, fundamentally different or that we have to adapt to? Oh man, um, I think that could be a whole different topic <laughs> on itself. <laughs> well, we have our next podcast title done, done. Um, but well, give us the abridged. <laughs> uh, but definitely, right? I, I, um, I think. Well, I, I think the pandemic has has caused all of us to to think about our our lives and and the meaning of work differently. Um, I'll, I'll kind of use the example. So, so I have a 25 year old daughter who, despite all of my, um, despite seeing me in HR for all these years, followed in my footsteps and she's an HR generalist at a tech company. Um, it's funny that generation, uh, they want to see change. Ha- I, I think they're much more adaptable. Number one, right. Number two, they're much more um, challenging. Right. So they're not afraid to go to management uh, and and let them know how they're feeling. Right. So right. they're very open. And and you know what? And, and in a good way. I mean, we so so at our firm, we we bring on a lot of interns each year. And it's so great to see when there's no fear. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, I think to myself, like when my daughter tells me some stories, I'm like, you did what? You went to, <laughs> you know, I, I, I would be mortified, right? But, but, but I'm, I'm kind of fearless now because, you know, you, you, I've been in the business for so long and you kind of get comfortable in your own skin. But that's that's definitely a generational difference. And I, I and honestly, I love it because I think it but through the challenging, through the questioning, through the um uh, you know, wanting to see those those instant results, I think that it really gives companies uh, a, a real insight into to change and and taking that feedback and doing something with it, right? Um, so I love it. Uh, I mean, I I think there's definitely a lot going on there. Um, I think sometimes you know the change may may not happen as rapidly as 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 some of the newer generation would right. like to see, right. Right? right? And it's also being patient and understanding. But again, that goes back to the education piece of it. But Outside of that, I think um, I think they're set up in a really good way, and and I think companies can can stand to learn a lot. Charles, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom, and I just appreciate you. Well, well, William, you made this easy. I have to say, I was nervous at the beginning, but yeah, no, thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely, and thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruiting.